Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second season of For the Love of Books podcast, featuring indie and small press authors with host Emma Palova. November is the National Novel Writing Month, and our guest today is author Amy Kelso of Enchantment Press. Amy is the author of several fiction books and a nonfiction book about supporting our children. She has been in the field of education for 16 years, and she lives in the UP with her husband in a small maple forest. At the end of the interview, Amy will share the details of her book giveaway of Mr. Coe's Fall. Hello, Amy. Hello. Nice to to be here today. Yeah, good to have you. So why did you decide to participate in NaNoWriMo back in 2015? And how did you find out about the writing challenge? I found out about it through a friend who was like, are you doing NaNoWriMo this year? And I'm like, what? (laughs) Um, You know, I had no idea what she was talking about, but she explained it to me and I'm like, oh, hmm, maybe I could try that out. Yeah. Um, I actually, um, we're talking about my series, Lake of Two Worlds, Mystico Summer was the first book in the series. And I like to say this book took me 15 years to write um, because it was my first book and I was not sure what I was doing. So it took me a long time kind of to figure that out um, and revising it and, you know, just trying to get it right. After that, though, then I heard about NaNoWriMo and my next book, which is the one I'm kind of talking about today is Mystico's Fall, I wrote in a month, a month of November. So it really helped me learn how to make writing a priority, sit down and make it happen. And I've been a fan of NaNo ever since. Awesome. Why are you participating in the challenge this year? And then mainly, how are you doing with your project, The Sins of the Daughters? <laughs> well, <laughs> like honestly, at first, I wasn't going to do NaNo this year because the idea for my story wasn't really fleshed out yet. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for it. Um, but I have a lot of writing friends who are like, are you going to do NaNo? Are you going to do NaNo? Um, So I was like, well, maybe. I also actually am a creative writing teacher. So every year I have my students go through and do NaNoWriMo, not the full 50,000 words, but I do make, you know, they have a word limit that they have to write. So I kind of felt like, well, if they're gonna do it, I should probably do it too. So I figured, what the heck, I'm gonna take the plunge and I jumped in and decided to do it, so. And what about your project, The Sins of the Daughters? It is kind of long good slow I'm not making the word count as high as I'd like at this point but I'm making steps in the right direction which is really what it's all about is make you know yes. making steps yep so. moving forward exactly. what tips can you give to the participating Rimos this year um the biggest thing is just keep going you know don't give up keep trying sit down at the computer and see what comes um That's one of my big tips. The other big tip, which is one thing I tell my students all the time is during the month of November, you take your critic and you lock them away in the closet. Critic is not allowed there at all. Just write later on, you can come back if you want and decide if it's any good. But in November, it's just about getting stuff out there. And then a lot of times, once you've done that, you come back and go, oh, this actually was pretty good. But if you get too caught up in what the critic says, you can never write anything and then you just get stuck, so which is kind of what happened with my first book. I was too caught up with the critics. So I learned through NaNo to put 
put the critic away and just let the writing come through. That is difficult to do. Yes, it is. At any given time, and we all know that as writers and authors. How has Nano helped you reach your goals? Well, the big one um, was that I finished my series. So I, the series actually has four books in it. And I knew when I first started the first book that I wanted the four books. It kind of, it goes with the season. So there's Mystico Summer, Mystico Fall, Mystico Winter, and Mystico Spring. And then also the fantasy world that it takes place in has four different directions. And so I wanted a book about each direction. So I knew I wanted to do four books. But as you heard, the first book took me so long, I didn't think I'd ever get through the series until I discovered Nano. And it really made me sit down and write and get it done. And I got, I did the first, the second two, the second one and the third one I did in the month of November. The final one, I wrote three fourths of it in November and finished it up a little later, but definitely helped me stick to the writing schedule and actually get words on paper, which is what it's all about, right? Yes, yes, it is. How many books total have you published based on your nano participation? Is that the four book series, the Mystico series? Yeah, I think those are the only ones specifically that were nano books, but. Okay, let's talk about your Mystico's fall. In the second book of the Lake of Two Worlds series, Emily returns to Camp Tenderheart and to Mysticos, only to find new trouble waiting for her. What inspired you to write this book? The whole series was inspired um, by two different aspects of my own life. Um, one of them, the series revolves around a girl whose mother is dying. And we find that out at the very beginning of the very first book, but then the whole the whole first book is her kind of dealing with that. And then the following books kind of deal with the aftermath of that. Um, but so there's that, which obviously my, my own mother died when I was 19. So that experience led to me writing the books. Um, and then the other aspect is that it takes place with a girl who goes to camp. Um, I was a camper when I was a kid and then I was a camp counselor and that whole experience really influenced my life. And so I wanted to try to capture the magic of summer camp for those who haven't gone or those who have hopefully can recognize it as they read the books. What was the biggest challenge in writing this series, I guess, not just the one book, Paul, or it's up to you if you want to talk about the entire series or specifically about the Mystico's Fall. What was the biggest challenge? The biggest challenge really was because um, it, it takes place, well, it, it takes place in the normal world and in a fantasy world, it goes kind of back and forth. So creating the fantasy world was really difficult, um, trying to create a whole nother world and all the rules and all the people and try to make it feel big enough um, was a challenge for me, so. Absolutely. <laughs> what have you learned about yourself from writing this book or the entire series? The biggest thing I've learned is that I can do it. I can put my, you know, I set a goal and I can make it happen. The, the actual idea for the story actually came to me when I was in high school, which was a few years ago. Um, but, you know, I wanted to write this book, which became this series. And I, through this whole process, I've learned I can do this. I can write the book. I can create it. I can publish it I can get it out and share it with the world. So. 
What sets you apart from other authors in your genre? Do you write, what is the age span of your readers? <laughs> so I like to say that the age span for my series is ages eight to 108. Okay, um, <laughs> that sounds fair. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that's all. And I maybe some seven to six year old. <laughs> yeah, if you're over 108, you may not be able to read the words, although they are big print, but. <laughs> Um, but I really, I think one of the things that sets me apart is that I am, I've been a teacher, as you said, you know, for actually 18 years now, mm -hmm. I've worked a lot with struggling readers. And one of the things I wanted to do with these books was create something that was interesting enough for any age to read, but easy enough and not intimidating so that even a struggling reader could pick it up and enjoy it. Um, so I specifically have like really short chapters. I do have some illustrations in my book. I also, they're also pretty short, so it's not scary to the struggling reader, but it also has, you know, enough story and interest that even adults have read it and really enjoyed it, you know, so it's ideally for everybody, so. What are the major takeaways from your series or each individual book? Um, the biggest one actually is the idea of balance, which is really important in this series. Um, as I said, it, it takes place in the fantasy world is four different countries and different parts of the world all surrounded by a lake or they surround a lake. So there's a lake in the very center um, and each area is a different, you know, so there's the Northern mountains, the Southern desert, the Western forest and the Eastern ocean. You know, so each one is very different but the idea is that they, all of these have to stay in balance. And um, there's four different rulers for each of the different places. And the power has to stay balanced between all four, which is symbolic of in life in general, the importance of finding balance. It's not good versus evil, it's balance. Everything needs to kind of balance out. So that's the big thing that kind of goes through the whole stories. And there's other themes in there as well, but. Sure. What inspired the title of the series, Mysticals? What, what is it, Mysticals? Is that some kind of a sacred place? Or explain that, please, to us. <laughs> I like the title. It's, I love it. It's kind of, obviously, it's a play on the word mystical, um, or mystic. You know, it's kind of a magical land. Um, mm -hmm. And so I wanted to kind of play with that idea. Cool. I, I really like that. <laughs> well, would you like to read to us? From sure. Mystico's Fall. Okay, so I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna read from Mystico's Fall. I'm gonna read the beginning of this. Um, uh, actually, wait, hang on. Okay. Um, and this is the second year. So in the character's life, the first year she goes to camp um, and she discovers this magical world. Now she's going back to camp a year later. So just kind of to set it up there. Okay. Um, okay, so. It's June. And once again, dad is planning to send me to Camp Tenderheart for the Nojimbo's weekend. Do I want to go? No. And yes. I don't want to go because it reminds me too much of mom, of my fears of her while I was there and of what happened after I get, got home. Still, I like the idea of getting out of this house, 
even if just for a little while. It might be nice to see my camp friends from last year, Rachel and Chris. And as for my other friends from last year, Elka, Joran, Kaviadra, Old Willowman and the Lake, it becomes harder and harder to even believe that they are real. It must have been some strange dream I had. There is no way that Mysticos could really exist. And yet, I still have the necklace tucked away in the bottom of my sock drawer. The necklace, at least, is real. I'll have to make sure to pack it when I go to camp. Not that I expect to find any magical bridges to enchanted lands while I'm there. This time, it'll just be a normal week at camp for a normal 16-year-old girl. Or at least, as normal as I can be. When we arrived at camp, I didn't feel as nervous as I had last year. I was one of the veterans now. I knew what to expect. Chris was my counselor again, and Rachel was in, the, in my cabin group. Sydney was back, but Allison wasn't there. I heard her dad's doing really bad now, Rachel told me. He probably won't make it much longer. I was never especially close to Allison last year, but I fell for her now. How's your mom doing, Rachel asked. When, when I last saw Rachel, my mom was still alive. It seems like so long ago now. I just shook my head. The words wouldn't come out. Rachel got my meaning. Not your mom, too. Seems like everyone I know has lost a parent. Sometimes I'm not sure if coming to this camp is good for me or not. I let Rachel vent for a while. I knew how she felt. But I was also aware of how much Camp Tenderheart had helped me with my own mom's death and how much it helped all of us to deal with our parents' illnesses. She knew it, too, even if she couldn't see it right away. Hello, Emily, Rachel. Chris spoke into our discussion. This is Hazel. She motioned to a girl who was trying to hide behind her. She's in the younger girl's cabin. This is her first year here, but I know we can help her feel right at home, can't we? I glanced at Hazel's timid face. It reminded me of how Rachel looked last year, how I'm sure I looked too. Before I knew it, I was taking over Allison's role. Oh, you'll love it here, I reassured Hazel, motioning her to sit next to us. Camp Tenderheart is the best place ever. Rachel joined in. Just wait until opening campfire, she said. Hazel smiled and slowly came out from behind Chris and sat down next to us as we told her all about camp. Everything seemed the same as last year. The food, the songs, the friends, except our roles were different. Now Rachel and I were the veteran campers and Hazel was the new one. Everything was the same, that is, until we got to the flagpole, where we met before every meal in time for, the din for dinner that night. That's when I saw him, the new counselor. Well, not actually a new counselor, but one I'd never seen before. That's Jason, Cindy whispered to me with a nudge. He worked here, here two years ago, but took a year off last summer. I'm so glad he's back, she added with a giggle. Although there were dozens of us kids fighting for space on the railroad ties that surrounded the flagpole, we all instantly quieted down when Jason started talking. He just seemed to have that kind of effect on people. I'm not sure how to describe Jason. He looked like he just walked off the cover of a magazine, changed into faded shorts and a t-shirt and joined us at camp. His sandy blonde hair and green eyes combined to make him look almost too attractive to be real. But that wasn't what made my heart beat faster or my knees turn to jelly. His smile did that. We will meet around the flagpole before each meal to learn a few songs, he explained to those who are new to camp. So now repeat after me. So now, repeat after me, we repeated. Although I'm usually shy about singing in public, today I found myself singing along with the rest, 
projecting my voice in an effort to get Jason's attention. When he did glance in my direction, I quickly glanced down at my feet. Later that night, though, it was harder to hide. And that's where I'll stop. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. How has your career, your educational career, projected into your writings? Do they go hand in hand? Definitely. Um, I know a lot of <laughs> a lot of what I write about is what I experience in life, both directly and indirectly. So it, it's very helpful. You know, I, I teach high school, um, and to be with um, the students, I learn a lot about their stories and what they go through. Um, I've got another book that I don't have with me right now, but it's called Yana, which stands for You Are Not Alone, which is a whole story about a, a student who's being bullied and a teacher that helps him, which is directly based on experiences that I've had as a teacher. Um, so there's that. And then obviously, you know, like knowing what kind of books students like to read, what kind of books scare students away, you know, and all of those kind of things. I think I learn a lot just by being around, you know, around my students. So, do they inspire your writings as well? Definitely. In um, what sense? How would you describe that? How do they inspire you? Part of it, you know, like as I said, with the story about the kid going through bullying, obviously I was inspired by the, the things that I've seen with students that have gone through similar experiences as well as my own personal experiences. Um, so that came directly into this, that story. Um, but they also just inspire me in that I want to do the best I can so that I can inspire them. So they inspire me to try to inspire them, if that yes. makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yes. Okay, can you give us the details of your book giveaway of the entire series? Sure, yes. Um, as I said, I've got four books in the series. And, you know, what's, hopefully the theory is once you read the first one, you're going to want to read all four. So I do want to give away the whole series. Um, yeah. Your, your email, <laughs> can you give us okay. your email or website or both? Give us your email yes. and website. Sure. Um, it's easy because they're both basically the same. It's Enchantment Press, all one word. The website is enchantmentpress.com. And then the web, the email is enchantmentpress at gmail.com. Okay. Can you give us your parting shots? Parting shots. Um, I guess the biggest thing is that the trick to being a good writer is just to keep writing. Don't give up and don't let that critic get in the way. Just keep going. Um, and don't, don't listen to the critic. It doesn't know what it's talking about. Just keep writing. And eventually the more you write, the better you're going to get. And you never know what you can do once you keep going. Do you write daily? That's my personal question. Do you write daily? And how do you make yourself to write daily outside of NaNoWriMo? We all crank it out during November, but then comes December and then the summer months. Do you crank it out throughout the year? Mostly. The summer months, I'll admit, I'm not as good about. But during the school year, um, I actually get up an hour early. So I get up at five in the morning so that I have time to write. And whether, not, you know, sometimes that's just journaling. Sometimes that's actually writing, you know, working on a book. Um, but I have that time is my special time where no one else is awake. No one can bug me. I don't have to worry about anything else. 
I just focus on my writing. Okay, and before I give my parting shots, I would like to thank our sponsors, Doc Chavin and Digital Quill Services for writers with author Colleen Nye. And here are my parting shots by Indie, write, write Indie and read Indie. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. Log in your word count daily to win the Nano 50K Word Challenge because you too can become a published author. Listen in to For the Love of Books podcast on major podcasting apps, iHeart, Stitcher, Podbean. Goodbye. Thanks for being here with us, Amy. Thank you so much for having me.